Excellent job. I'll tell you what, them fellas did good. I was trying to think of a name for their group there, but I couldn't come up with anything. But uh, tell you what, good job. We'll have to hear from you fellas again. Amen. Amen. We'll be in the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 14 this evening. Romans chapter number 14 is where we'll be taking our text from uh, this evening. So you go ahead and begin turning there. As you're turning there, I just wanted to take a moment and see, check, because between now and Christmas, uh, we, we don't have another Sunday night available, and I know we had the praise service, and uh, several of you had prepared something that you wanted to share during the praise service, but then just trying to keep with the time, you weren't able to, and now we're heading on into Christmas, and this is a time of year when it is a good thing, it's always a good thing, but this is a time of year when we take opportunity to give thanks uh, to the Lord, and to just recognize Him, and to thank Him for what He's done, and uh, this morning we preached about the, the Messiah and the Savior and what he can do for us. And I just thought it would be good before we dive into the message to take a moment and see if there's anyone this evening that would like to share a word of testimony, give a word of thanksgiving. Perhaps you'd like to just tell us about when the Lord saved you. Tell us about that time whenever you gave your heart to the Lord. You know, we can't wear those stories out, and I think it's good for the church for us every now and again to just tell the story about when we put our trust to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm just wondering before we get into the message, just take a moment, just take a moment. I've just thought of this multiple times this evening, so I'm like, all right, Lord, we'll give them a chance. And so I just wonder if anybody wants to stand and just give God praise before we get into the message this evening. Miss Connie? Like man. That grew up here in the church and they're becoming wonderful young men. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's awesome. Awesome when you see them that, that's grown up from little guys all the way up. Now they're standing here singing praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you what. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Anyone else? Got something they want to share? Anybody? I know the Lord's been good to you. You're here, you're alive, you're breathing. I know he's been good to you, so I just wonder if you want to tell us about it. Anybody? Well, um, last weekend, Benson um, was sick, and he had a fever of 103, and so Kenzie had to take him to the ER, and I think Hot Rod put him on the prayer list Sunday, and so Kenzie um, had to take him back for a checkup on Monday, and they tested him for all kinds of stuff, but he's better than I'm like, I think it's good to play. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Anyone else? <laughs> no, it's praising the Lord down the hall. Miss Brittany? I would just like to say I'm thankful for um, this church really investing in our kids, and not just now, but how it's been doing that for decades. Um, for myself, I grew up in here and um, with Bonnie and Herman and Children's Church and coming to know the Lord then and realizing that, you know, I need to be baptized as a profession of faith. And now, I admit, at being 30-some years old and having my kids down there with Bonnie and Herman and Aiden, our, this church really invests in our kids and I appreciate, it makes me appreciate that more. Hey, Mike. Um, having kids now going through the same thing that I did. It's wonderful to have folks like Bonnie and Herman. Boy, I'm telling you what, generations. They they taught the children, and now they're teaching those child those children's children. I'm telling you what, it's, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, a faithful man 
Who can find? Because they're rare. But boy, I'm telling you what, the Lord has blessed us with a church that's full of faithful people. I tell you what, we thank the Lord for that. Anyone else? Brother Dave? I'm not going to go on and on, but there's one thing this year that's, that's going to really bless me the young men in this church. The way they, they have stepped in, taken jobs, they're teaching Sunday school, they're here to help. They might. That's, that has been a truly blessed me, the way they've got involved and just work all the time and involve the church. They might. Thank God for them and their, and their families. They might. They might. Praise the Lord. I've, I've heard more than one pastor uh, trying to build a church. And their prayer request is that God will give them men, that I just need some men that can fill some roles. And boy, the Lord has blessed us with a tremendous amount of good men, both seniors and young men coming up. And boy, I'm telling you what, and all you middle-aged guys, okay, all of the, all y'all in here tonight, all y'all middle-aged guys. Feel it, huh? That's, that's right, you're the middle-aged guy. That's right. That's right, that's right, amen. No, thank the Lord for that, amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? I won't drag it out, but if y'all want to praise, we'll praise all night. Go ahead, Brother Terry. Uh, praise this church for the ministry for these kids. It's, it is an awesome thing to see all the kids downstairs. And also for the prayer warriors in this church, how we all lift each other up in prayer, no matter how small, how big, we all pray for one another. Hey, and we can feel it. And I, I'm really thankful for my wife for putting up with it. Amen. Last week, uh, we had a really rough week, and Tiffany uh, locked up her back, and uh, she even passed out on me last Sunday, and so very scary times, and just rough with the kids being sick, and us being sick, and trying to take care of each other, and the kids, and Lord does uh, uh, brought us on the up and up with that, so I just want to thank him for bringing us through that, Amen. and also just to go to what Brittany and Terry were saying about the, to the children, uh, I've been, I've come from a church, I've been in churches where there is no children. Mm. And uh, we were the only two in our whole class that are still going to church. And just to see that and that to know my kids have a place here and they're going to church with other kids and to see the people that are going here to the third, fourth, and even fifth generation, that says a lot. Hey, that says that y'all are investing in your future. You're not just looking for out for yourself like that Hezekiah spirit. And I praise the Lord for that. Hey, Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Lord, that uh, in all of 2021, He allowed us to support those pastors in Myanmar. And we were able to raise the money to to uh, send a hundred dollars a month to ten of them, which you know is twelve thousand dollars plus some other things. And uh, I'm just thankful that for what God did. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for providing, meeting that need. Actually, we shared with my Sunday school class this morning in uh, John chapter 10, uh, where Jesus talks about the hiring. And, uh, I, you know, I, I told the Sunday school class that in our day to day, there are a lot of men in churches that are this dire for what they can get. They may have a love for the Lord, but they don't necessarily have a love for their people. And I am just thankful for you. And the love that you have for not only the, the word 
for God, but for the church, the people of church. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Now, I, I won't say, I'll go ahead and say it now. I'm saving it until y'all slow down. But uh, I'm thankful for Marlbrook Baptist Church. Well, I'm telling you what, I love this church, love this family. Uh, but just as y'all know, last month my dad passed away, and and I was just overwhelmed with the support that I received from this family. If, if ever I had doubted that I was part of this family, it was all doubts were washed away. And I'm telling you what, y'all just came, you supported, you texted, you called, you drove to Hillsville for the family night, you drove to Hillsville for the, for the funeral services, and I mean just... I've just been completely overwhelmed. And still, folks are still regularly checking in on me, asking me how I'm doing, and I just want you to know it means the world. And then I talked to my mom. Um, it was either yesterday or Friday I was talking to her, and she told me, she said, a lot of your people have been sending me cards and sending me money. And she said, I just keep getting stuff in the mail from your people. She said, let them know. They're a good bunch of people. <laughs> and uh, I just want you to know, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. It means a lot. It's not going unnoticed. And uh, if if ever you thought you were going to run me off, you messed up, all right? Because uh, I am locked in. But no, I, I thank the Lord from Allbrook Baptist Church. I'm telling you what, it is a pleasure. It is an honor uh, to be able to serve with y'all here at Marlbrook Baptist Church. I love the history. I love the heritage. I love I love the testimony of the church and just just love being a part of it. I feel I feel that I am privileged to be here, to serve together with you. And boy, I tell you what, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Anyone else? Anyone else? Alrighty, so we're going to be looking this evening at this at a subject that we've looked at before. It's been uh, three or four years since we've looked at this subject, and I'm just going to be transparent with you. Uh, the Lord put on my heart um, back uh, a couple weeks ago. I was looking, you know, I I try to at least get an idea what I'm going to be speaking on uh, as I'm looking ahead. And of course, I'm always open, you know, if the Lord directs me in a different way, I'm willing to go. But I try to get an idea, you know, ahead of time so that I, any reading or studying that I want to do for that message, I can, you know, uh, get that worked in as I come towards the time that I'm going to present that message. And so as I was laying out what I was going to be preaching on over the next few weeks or what I thought the Lord was directing me to, he directed me to this subject for this service. And uh, so, you know, I jotted it down and the closer we got to the service, the more I was like, why? Why? And then honestly, uh, my mic off, I turned it on during the song. I promise I did. I'll turn it on again. It's, it's on, man. It's on. Green light shining bright. No on. Okay. Here, you can come uh, put new batteries in it if you want and give it back to me. I'll talk until you're done. <laughs> Brother Randy's got it. All righty. Anyway, I, um, this afternoon I sat down to, to read over these notes and uh, I just argued with the Lord fiercely. I'm like, the people that's going to be there, there's no need for this message. These people have got this figured out. And I had I had three other uh, rough messages, rough drafts, outlines that I, I tried to go to. I said, this, this one would be better, this one would be better, this would be better. And the Lord just kept bringing me back to this subject. So uh, what we're going to be looking at tonight is this question. And like I say, we covered this three or four uh, years ago when we were uh, answering questions on Sunday night. And the, the subject is this, should Christians celebrate Christmas? 
Should Christians celebrate Christmas? Is it right or is it wrong for Christians to celebrate the, the Christmas season? Thank you, Brother Randy. Appreciate it. Thank you, men up top, for notifying us that there was a problem. Amen. Let me get let me get wired back up here. I know that y'all can hear me, but they can't hear me very well on the internet if I don't have this thing hooked up on me. So let me get this thing wired back up and we'll be good to go again. Alrighty. Can you hear me now? All right, they got me now. We're good to go. But over time, and I'm sure you've heard it come up from time to time, uh, you will come across someone, normally a Christian, uh, who will vehemently oftentimes state that they think it's wrong and that Christians should not partake in or have any part of the Christmas holiday and they have reasons for that. Uh, and so I wanted to take just a little bit of time and look at whether or not a Christian should take part in the Christmas holiday. Like I say, I'm not sure who has encountered this. I'm not sure who's run up against this, uh, who needs to hear this, but we're just going to present it and this is a subject that we could go really deep in. This is a subject we could talk for weeks on. Uh, I'm not going to do that tonight. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a brief overview of some things, and then if you want to dig into it deeper, you're welcome to dig on into it. But I'll give you a brief overview of what I believe the Bible teaches, and then we'll go from there. So what I'm going to do this evening is we're going to present some of the concerns that are presented by those who feel that Christians should not have anything to do with the uh, Christmas season, and then we're going to explain how I answer their arguments. Now, before we get into the lesson, I do want to say two things. One, if a person doesn't celebrate Christmas, and the reason they don't celebrate Christmas is because of their desire to honor God. Whether they are correct or not in their arguments, if their motivator is that they want to honor God, then I don't believe that God is displeased with them. And you and I need to keep that in mind whenever we talk with these people. If they are being motivated by a desire to be pleasing to God, then God is honored by what they are doing. And so we do need to understand that. And then secondly, I want to say that the Word of God gives no direct instruction concerning the Christmas holiday. Now, the birth of Christ is definitely in the Word of God. The Word of God is full of the birth of Christ. But the Christmas holiday as we know it today is not in the Bible. There is no instruction in the Bible concerning the Christmas holiday. So whatever we decide, whether pro or con, is not necessarily based on the Word of God, uh, but is something that we come to a conclusion of based on principles of the Word of God. So in Romans chapter number 14, Romans chapter number 14, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. Now, uh, myself, 
I want to say this evening that I enjoy celebrating Christmas. So before we go any further into the lesson and you wonder where I'm going with this and if I'm going to tell all of you that you got to go home and take your Christmas trees down, that's not where I'm going. You can look around the church and you can tell I enjoy the Christmas season. I enjoy all parts of the Christmas season. I enjoy the Christmas trees. I enjoy the parades. I enjoy the gifts. I enjoy the cookies. All the stuff I was talking about this morning, I anticipate all those things. I enjoy the Christmas season. Uh, but uh, I want to consider the concerns of those uh, who would abstain and explain why I feel that Christians can and I believe should partake uh, in celebrating the Christmas season. So let's pray and we'll get into the lesson. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your direction. Uh, Lord, as I've told the people, Lord, I, I didn't feel that this was the right message for tonight, but Lord, uh, you would not let me away from it. And so, Father, whoever it is that has, Lord, perhaps encountered someone, or maybe, Lord, they have some questions in their mind concerning this subject, Lord, I pray that you will help us to clearly explain, uh, Lord, these reasons, and Father, Lord, settle in their heart, uh, Lord, whether or not uh, it is right for them to partake in the Christmas season. Lord, we do thank you that, Lord, during this season we can celebrate your birth. And Lord, we can remember that you came to earth, oh Lord, for the purpose of being a sacrifice for our sins. And Lord, we thank you for it. Bless now as we look at these things and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look through the Word of God this morning, we looked in Luke chapter number 2. We also find account in the book of Matthew. In every account uh, of the birth of Christ that's found in the Word of God, we see that the birth of Christ was surrounded uh, with celebration. Uh, Mary and Joseph celebrated and rejoiced uh, at the birth of Christ. The angels uh, in their announcements to the shepherds rejoiced uh, at the birth of Christ. Uh, the shepherds, they rejoiced. Uh, they went. Uh, they saw the baby in the manger and they rejoiced that Christ had been born. The wise men came, they followed the star and they arrived and they saw the babe in the manger and they rejoiced and worshipped that a Savior had been born. We go on a little bit further into the book of Luke and we see that Simeon and Anna there in the temple rejoiced that a Savior had been born. And any account that we have that mentions the birth of the Savior we find that it is surrounded Surrounded with celebration. So as to the question whether or not we should celebrate the birth of Christ, I believe the Bible is clear that Christians ought to celebrate the fact that the Savior was born. I don't believe there's any doubt about it. I believe that as Christians we ought to celebrate that Jesus was born. But those uh, who uh, would question our participation uh, in the Christmas holiday do not necessarily question whether or not we should celebrate Christ being born. But their question is whether or not we should celebrate it uh, on December 25th in conjunction with uh, the Christmas holiday or should we celebrate his uh, birth in some other way. And so we want to take a few minutes and look at some of their arguments against Christmas. The most common reason that many feel Christians should not celebrate Christmas, the Christmas holiday, is the belief that the Christmas holiday and celebrating Christmas has pagan origins. Now, let me just say before I get into explaining this, that everything has pagan origins. Okay? So just, just get that in your mind. Everything 
has pagan origins. And I can take anything that you are participating in and with a little bit of a little bit of penmanship, I can link it back to a pagan ritual somewhere. Everything is linked to paganism. You say, why is that? Because we're pagans. Mankind is heathens and Christians are saved heathens and all of our heritage comes from heathenism. And of course, there are things that we do as humans can be traced back and linked in many ways to paganism, but that does not mean that the holiday or the ritual or whatever it is in and of itself came directly from Paganism. Now, whenever we look at this uh, this argument that Christmas uh, originated uh, from a pagan holiday, if this were true, it would definitely be reason to consider stopping the celebration. If we were to realize that Christmas was a direct result of a pagan holiday and that it had never had anything to do with the birth of Christ, uh, it was just something that uh, had always been paganism, then Definitely, we as Christians should separate ourselves from that holiday. But a little research goes a long way to clear up this assumption. First, we must understand that the holiday of Christmas and the customs that go with the Christmas holiday that you and I know, the way that we celebrate Christmas, the Christmas we know and understand, something completely, totally different than it was a couple hundred years ago. It is something that has evolved and developed and came along into the holiday that we know it as today. So if we are to try and take every little part of what we have today and trace it back to one single origin, you'll find you can't do that. Because what we have today is something that has accumulated from different people groups, different traditions, different people bringing in the way that they do it, and it's evolved into the holiday that we know it as today. Um, So to trace every aspect uh, of the Christmas holiday to its roots uh, is nearly impossible. I've I've read so much on this subject, but one little interesting thing to note here is did you know that Santa Claus was never depicted as a jolly fellow? I mean, he was always a, a nice guy, but his size is what I'm talking to. His jolly size. He didn't have that jolly size until the 1900s when the poem was wrote. Twas the night before Christmas. And in that poem they spoke about that and they said they depicted him that way so that he would seem uh, less intrusive to the children since he was breaking into their homes. And from that uh, we now have a jolly Santa Claus. Before that time he was a tall thin man. Did you know that? And so there's a of things that have changed over the years that we think have always been that way, which is not necessarily the case. But, however, there is a link between Christmas and a pagan holiday. There is a link there, and we would not be fair if we did not consider this link. Now, opinions vary greatly with historians as to, as to exactly how how much, at what point, but all historians agree that to some degree the Christmas holiday can be linked back to the pagan celebration of the winter solstice. 
Now, the winter solstice was a celebration that was held on the shortest day of the year. And like I said, we could get into so much on this and spend weeks talking about it, so I'm just giving you an overview. But the, the winter solstice was held on the shortest day of the year. Normally falls on December 21st or 22nd. Uh, when I was back in construction, a fellow I worked with, we argued every year over which day was the shortest. Was it 21st or 22nd? We argued every year over which day was the shortest. Didn't matter what was on the calendar. We loved to argue about it. But but um, uh, it normally falls on December 21st or 22nd. And so on that shortest day of the year, there was a celebration that was held by pagans recognizing this shortest day of the year. The celebration that they held was to celebrate the end of winter and the coming of spring. So this was the shortest day of the year. On this shortest day of the year, they would celebrate the end of winter and they would be looking ahead to the coming spring. It had nothing to do with Christianity and there were a lot of pagan rituals that would take place on this celebration that pagans were holding as they were celebrating the winter solstice. Now it is believed and held in some degree by most all historians that the Christmas holiday, December 25th, as we celebrate, was placed on or near this winter solstice in an attempt to replace the pagan holiday with a Christian holiday. And so, Christianity's come along. People are being saved into Christianity. The pagans like celebrating this winter solstice. And so in an effort to, to diminish the pagan rituals and establish a Christian tradition, we took the celebration of Christ's birth and placed it on the winter solstice to replace the pagan holiday with a Christian holiday. So to say that Christmas on December 25th originated from the winter solstice is completely incorrect. It did not come from that, but it was placed on the same day, on the same time period, as an effort to replace a heathen practice. Now, we do, we do something almost exactly the same in our modern day. There's a holiday called Halloween, and that's a completely different... I have preached on that as well. You can go back and find that message and listen to it if you want. There's a, but it's a, a holiday, Halloween. We know that Halloween is linked uh, to all types of evil and can be traced back to all types of evil. When Halloween is celebrated, many, many churches will have what they call a trunk or treat. And people will set up uh, in the parking lot uh, and kids will dress up as Bible characters and walk around the parking lot and get candy from the cars. What are we doing? We're trying to replace a pagan tradition with a Christian tradition. We're trying to take their minds off uh, of the evil that surrounds the holiday and focus their minds uh, on the good. Their minds focused on the good. Now, by us having a trunk or treat uh, does not mean that trunk or treat originated from Satan worship. Not at all. It means we're trying to replace a pagan tradition with a Christian tradition. And that is what happened whenever Christmas was placed on December 25th. And so uh, a lot of different people, it depends on who you read after, and really it can be exhausting to try and trace all this down. But various people are accredited with making this move. Uh, uh, some say it was a Catholic Pope. The Seventh-day Adventist uh, will tell you that you can't uh, celebrate Christmas because the Pope is the one that put it on December the 25th. Therefore, it's not a Christian holiday and you can't celebrate it. 
But there's a lot of other people that are also accredited with making this move and nobody really knows. It's all in who you read after. But we know that that is why it was moved. Most everybody agrees on that. The second concern that is raised with celebrating Christmas on December 25th is many people will say that there's no evidence that Christ was born on December the 25th, so how can we possibly celebrate his birth when we don't know that he was born on that day? And now to a degree, they have a valid point. The valid point is that we do not know what day Christ was born. Most likely it was not December 25th. Most likely that is not the day that he was born. However, uh, there are some indicators that we can look at. Most indicators in the scripture, such as the shepherds being in the field, the people traveling home for taxing, different things that we see in the word of God, points to Christ being born either in the spring or the fall. That would have most likely been the time period, either spring or fall. Uh, many people like to place his birth on March 25th. They think this is the time that Christ was born. Others like to place his birth on September 25th. 25th, uh, some believe that Christ was born and died on the same day. You know, I don't know where people come up with this stuff. I just got to stop and say that. Where do they come up with this stuff? But they like to say that Christ was born and died on the same day. Uh, and so they, they place Easter and Christmas together. So it's Easter and Christmas would be on the same day. Still there's others that believe uh, that when the angel spoke to Mary and told her that she had conceived a child, that that took place on March 25th. If you add nine months to March 25th, well, you end up on December 25th. And I mean, I, I don't know how many of you ladies have ever seen a lady that carried a child out exactly to the day, nine months, but they still think this proves that that's when Christ was born. And so there's all kind of ideas as to when uh, Christ was born. But all these speculations do is confirm that we have no idea as to when Christ was born. But the reason I feel that this argument doesn't hold any water as to whether or not we should celebrate Christmas is because the intention of the holiday is not to, to remember the very day that but rather to remember that he was born. It's not to highlight a particular day, but rather to highlight a reason. It's not to highlight the fact that this particular day is special, but rather to remind us as Christians that the Savior left glory, took on the body of a man, and came and dwelt among men that he might be a perfect sacrifice. So if we celebrated on December the 25th or January the 1st or March the 25th or whenever we want to celebrate it, and honestly as Christians we ought to celebrate it every day, I believe that knowing the exact day bears no weight on whether or not we can celebrate Christmas. Now, a third concern of those that avoid celebrating Christmas is based on a passage of scripture found in Jeremiah chapter 10. I was shown this as a teenager. It was the first time that I encountered this. And I must admit, as a young preacher, I surrendered to preach when I was 14 and I was 16, 17 years old and somebody threw this in my lap and I was stumped. I had no answer for them. I'm like, go burn the Christmas tree. You have proved it to me right here. Um, so we see that in Jeremiah chapter number 10, there's a passage of scripture that speaks against bringing a tree 
into the home. And many people feel that this refers to the Christmas tree and therefore uh, would mean that Christians should not celebrate Christmas. In Jeremiah 10, verse 1 down through verse number 4, the Bible says, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. Now here it is, here it is. Just buckle your seatbelt. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. And there are people who will bring this passage of Scripture to you and say, see right here, the Bible tells us that it is wrong to have a Christmas tree. This guy went in the woods, he cut a tree down, he brought it home, he hung silver and gold on it. The Bible says it's wrong, so therefore we cannot celebrate Christmas. And you know, this passage, although as I'll show you, has nothing to do with Christmas, this passage really makes it clear the importance of looking at Scripture in context. The importance of looking at the whole passage and not just pulling one little piece out of the middle. As I said, there are several look at this passage and they think that it speaks specifically against the celebration of Christmas, specifically using Christmas trees. But when you realize that Christmas trees were not a part of the Christmas celebration until the 1500s. It all of a sudden don't make any sense that this verse would be talking about putting Christmas trees up in their home. Not to mention the fact that this is in Jeremiah before Christ was born. So why in the world would people be celebrating the birth of Christ and putting Christmas trees in their home in Jeremiah? before Christ was ever born. It makes no sense at all. Secondly, if you continue reading into verse 5 and 6, it becomes clear that, Christ, that the Bible is not speaking of a Christmas tree, but it's speaking of making a false god and worshiping a false god instead of the one true and holy God. In verse number 5 it says, They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. So we see that this passage of Scripture is not in any way referring to the Christmas holiday as we know it, but instead speaking of false gods. And then a fourth and final argument that is given against celebrating Christmas is that it has become a worldly holiday that does not include Christ, therefore we should abstain from it. Now if any of these arguments hold any water, I would think that this holds the most water. But you know, while it is true that there are many who participate in the Christmas holiday. There are many, many people who are in what we would refer to as the Christmas spirit even right now. There are folks who are out shopping tonight, buying Christmas gifts and preparing for the holidays. There are folks who are decorating trees, folks who are decorating their houses, uh, folks that are buying gifts and planning for their family to come who have no thought or consideration of Christ whatsoever. The, the world is full of people who are doing that it has no bearing whatsoever on what I do with Christmas. Now there can be people who misuse the Christmas holiday. There can be people who 
hand out cards that say Happy Xmas and they take the name of Christ out of the word of Christmas. There can be people who misuse the holiday, but that in no way has any bearing on how I view the holiday. There are people all over this nation who are misusing the house of God. No bearing on how I view the house of God. There are people who are misusing the word of God and twisting the word of God to teach and promote perversion and perverted way of living, but it has bearing on how I view the Word of God. So although there are those who say the Christmas holiday has become something so worldly that Christians should have no part in it, I believe that as Christians uh, we should be the ones putting Christ back in Christmas rather than separating ourselves from the holiday. There's uh, many other reasons that people would give uh, concerning uh, celebrating the holiday. There's a, a lot of different variations of these reasons, but these are the main reasons. And if you enjoy doing a lot of reading, you can study for days on this subject. So if you want to dig into it, dig into it. You can study for days pursuing all this. But in just giving a quick overview, I don't believe we can see in any of these a legitimate reason to not celebrate the Christmas holiday. Matter of fact, if I see anything here, I believe that we as Christians should be the forerunners in showing the world how Christmas is to be celebrated. Now, in conclusion, I want to look at several Christmas traditions and point out how they were started as a way of celebrating the Savior. Before I jump into them, though, I do want to tell you that every one of these that I'm going to read to you, and I've, I have traced these out as best as I can to my ability and found them to be true, but there are other writers who will take each one of these and trace them back to paganism as well. So just keep that in mind. But from what I can figure out, there are several Christmas traditions that are directly linked to celebrating the Savior. Bells on Christmas Day. The bells were included in Christmas uh, to ring out the joyous news uh, that a Savior had been born. That's why they were included in the Christmas celebration, uh, to ring out the news of Jesus. Uh, candles are included in the Christmas celebration, and although candles have been used, uh, as long as man's figured out how to build a fire, uh, they've been using candles for light, but they were included in the Christmas holiday uh, to remind us that Christ Christ is the light of the world. We see that the star that we place on top of the Christmas tree was placed there in a, as a reminder of the star of Bethlehem. We exchange gifts on Christmas. And the tradition of exchanging gifts was started as a reminder both of the gifts that the wise men brought and of the greatest gift that man has ever received the Son of God. Now, for centuries, and these three that I'm getting ready to mention are some that people very quickly link to paganism because they were used as winter decorations and so they were used in the winter solstice. That is holly, ivy, and fir trees. These three things have been used as winter decorations uh, for all of time, people want to decorate in wintertime. These are the only things that are green, so they use them. And so, of course, they were used as decorations in the winter solstice. But 
they were included in the Christian Christmas holiday uh, for these reasons. The holly was included because its prickly leaves was to serve as a reminder of the crown of thorns that Christ bore on Calvary. The ivy was included to remind us that in order to survive, we must cling to Christ. Ivy, in order to live, has to have something to hold on to. It was included in Christmas to remind us that we need to cling to Christ. The evergreen trees remind us of the everlasting life that can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking of Christmas trees, just just to come back to that for just a minute, it is said that the first person to ever bring a Christmas tree into his home for Christmas the way that we use Christmas trees today was the 16th century preacher Martin Luther. Martin Luther was coming home from a meeting after dark. It was winter time. He was traveling home and, of course, traveling by foot uh, and walking through the forest. He saw an evergreen tree, and the way that he was situated, the stars of the sky was shining through the tree, and he said it was the most beautiful thing that he had ever seen and reminded him of leaving heaven and coming to earth. So he cut himself down a Christmas tree and took it home and decorated it with stars to remind his children of Christ leaving heaven and earth. That is the first Christmas tree recorded in history. A preacher brought it home. And so whatever people tell you about Christmas trees, trying to link them to paganism, the first one was Martin Luther. Now, there's much about the Christmas celebration of today that has nothing to do with Christ. Some of it is harmless. Some of it is quite damaging. But I don't believe there is anything wrong with Christians celebrating the birth of the Savior on December 25th. Neither do I think there's anything wrong with Christians enjoying the Christmas season. As a matter of fact, I think if we celebrate the Savior's birth in the Christmas season, it can be a testimony to the lost world that a Savior was born. Now in closing... I just want to mention old Santa Claus again. We'll just wrap up here talking about Santa Claus for just a moment and we could spend a whole evening looking at Santa Claus. If evolution were true, it would be true of Santa Claus because my goodness, this guy has evolved a lot. And so we ask the question, many Christians have no trouble celebrating Christmas, but there is the question... What about Santa Claus? Should we include Santa Claus? I've heard people preach both sides of the fence. I've heard folks refer to him as Satan Claus. I mean, all kind of things that go out there. You hear all types of things about Santa Claus in the Christian celebration of Christmas. But I recently was reading an article, and I feel that this guy nailed it. And so it's just a very short paragraph I'm going to read to you just the way he wrote it that I believe nails the whole Santa Claus debate. Now, I will say before I go any further, this is my opinion, okay? This is just my opinion. You can do what you want with it. This is not Bible. This is John's opinion, all right? But Sean McElvoy of Crossway Publications says this concerning Santa Claus. This This is his quote. Santa rocks and Santa stinks. If either is your position, I agree with you and support you. Because I know that if you think Santa rocks 
It's because you find mystery and magic in Christmas. You appreciate who Nicholas of Myra was as a real person and you love the idea of a benevolent, generous person in charge and Christmas is in the And if you think Santa stinks, I know it's because to you he's mostly a Madison Avenue distraction from the incarnation, a morality-based record keeper, and Christmas is not in these things. So it all comes down to how do you view Santa Claus? So, Pastor John's opinion. Do we include Santa Claus in our Christmas celebration? We don't have any children up here, so I'm not going to spoil anybody's magic, I don't think. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll be careful. We don't want to spoil nobody's magic. Do we include Santa Claus? If he's simply part of the tradition, if he's simply part of the tradition and he does not take away from Christ and your emphasis on the real reason for the season, I believe that inclusion of Santa Claus in the celebration is harmless. If he doesn't take away from Christ and he doesn't take away from your emphasis on the real reason for the season, I believe including him is harmless. But if he overshadows the Savior and if including him makes it difficult or even impossible for you to communicate to your children the reason for the season, then he probably ought to go. If including him and, and, and the magic and the mystery because of not wanting to spoil that, you deter from sharing while we're really celebrating, you missed the mark, and he probably ought to go. But if he's just hanging on your tree, and he's part of the tradition, then there's no harm in including him. That's Pastor John's opinion, all right? You can do with that as you wish. You could take that wherever you want. There's so much more that could be said regarding the traditions surrounding our nation's favorite holiday. But I believe if Christ is kept at the center, Christians can and should celebrate the Christmas holiday. And then I got one minute. I'll share this one minute point right here. Don't miss the wonderful opportunity to share Christ during the Christmas holiday. I don't know what it is about Christmas, but people are more open and more receptive to the gospel during the Christmas season than probably any other time of the year. They see it everywhere they go. They see the nativity scenes. They hear the Christmas songs. And their heart is softened to the gospel. We as Christians need to capitalize on that softening be busy during the Christmas season sharing the good news, spreading the word, telling the world about a Savior that has came to take away their sin. On the back rack right there as you go out the door on your right, the whole center row of gospel tracks is uh, gospel tracks geared towards the Christmas season. Pick you up a few. Stick them in your pocket. When you check out at the grocery store, hand one to the cashier. When you get your gas, wherever you're at, hand one. Put them in your, in your uh, Christmas cards when you mail them out. You'll be surprised how receptive people are to the gospel this time of year.
Let's not miss the opportunity during our celebration to tell the world about Jesus. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, I thank you that you sent your son. Lord, we were unworthy. No reason. There's no reason that you should have sent your son to die for us. There's no reason that you should have made that sacrifice. There's nothing in us that merits the goodness that you bestowed upon us. But Father, you and your love and in your mercy and in your grace sent your Son to take on a human body, to live, to suffer, and to die, Lord, that we might have salvation. And Father, I thank you for it. Lord, as we go throughout this month, Father, I pray that you will help us, uh, Lord, to do our best to tell the world the truth of the Christmas story. Thank you for your goodness to us. Bless us throughout this week. Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.